five minutes and then we'll get started. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Wendy. I love to have that, but I love you so you can continue to spread the love. Uh, okay. Right. Why is that the big point? Tell where's the music? Why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, Deli, maybe we could have you sing a solo. Okay, okay. No, 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 I've been waiting. I've been wondering when someone was going to ask. <laughs> well, you know, I don't have my guitar. Well, it's, we do. it's easy to do. 
It's easy to do. It's very easy to do. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so, so much. Came on. Who just came on? This is Angela. Hi, Angela. for the defense of the gospel. 
the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Okay. One of the things that, that I want us to be aware of is that, you know, like Paul, that when, sometimes when trouble seems to come around or knocks at our door, it is also the thing, the way that God has chosen to advance his gospel. And one thing that we know is that Paul was always under God's grace, always under his mercy, and always with God walking with whatever trial or tribulation that he had to walk through. So I, I want you to be aware of that as we, as Paul says, we rejoice. When things happen, we rejoice. Um, and hold on to God's unchanging hand because he won't change. It is us who will walk away. It is us who will fold up and run away, but God will never run away, and he's going to be the same that he was, as he says in Hebrews, that he was yesterday, today, and forevermore. So be mindful of that as we go through these things. And I, I heard, you know, I, it, it hurts me because we can't worship together just yet. Mm-hmm. But we are going to worship together, and we're going to forestall that. One of the things that I also recognize is that we can't have Holy Communion just yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it very diligently and keeping my ear to the, to the ground to see how we can best do that. That is in line with our confession as Christians. Because I know that, you know, it's, it's easy to say to people, well, come by and pick it up. But God's word is not a carry out. It, it's not. And I, and I don't care who's doing it. Saint Philip, it's not a carry out. It is to be done within the body of Christ. And so I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure out because I know that God is a, is a, a huge God and he's a vast God. And he's everywhere present. But I want to make sure that we're doing this in community. So just bear with me, um, and God will show us and get us through this in, in, in the best way that he possibly can. And I know that his best way is number one way. Now, I'm going to have Chevron from verse 27 to the end of Acts. Actually, it's to the end of chapter 1. So begin with verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. And this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. 
I love I love those words because when Paul says whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And I guess it was kind of a joy for me when I came in on the phone today to hear all of you saying how much you love one another. Uh, I didn't hear somebody say that they love me, but that's okay. I, I said it. You didn't hear me. I said it. One thing about it as well is that when Paul says, you know, um, if you go down in that chapter again, he says, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you, are, you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man to the gospel. And what a joy that is to know that we are on, in this community of faith, this community that, you know, we can we can contend uh, as one person for the gospel, and that's a joy because there's no separation between God, and I guess we saw that last week in um, Holy Trinity, one God, one faith, one baptism, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God omnipotent, God omniscient, and God um, omnipresent. All of that comes together to work for us and in our behalf. So uh, that's a joy to know. But then if we go on in that chapter, I think it's in verse 29, where it says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Now that's kind of hard because it's kind of saying what's going to happen, the reason that we're suffering. Well, I can give you some right off the top of my head. We're suffering because we're not able to worship as one body. We're suffering because we're not able to commune in one body within his building and, and the place that has been set aside where we honor and give him worship and glorify him. But then Paul goes on and he says, since you are going through the same struggle that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So I don't know if we're ever going to be over our struggles down here on this earth. And you know why? Because Satan is there always trying to come up with something new. Amen. To test us, to try to destroy us, to try to turn us around. But I'm going to tell you, like, um, I want you to get this picture in your minds. Martin, was, uh, Martin and I went out to the park one day. And I think he was maybe three years old. And you know that little circle that goes around where, the, I guess, what do you call that? Not a teeter-totter, but it's the dress that kids jump on and jump off of. Yeah. And there were some older kids on this. Well, Martin was on it first, and then these older kids came, and they jumped on, and they were swimming it around. And I was watching him because I kept saying, okay, I'm going to go over here and stop these guys so that he can get off. But Martin had laid down on that little disc, and he was holding on for dear life. And when they saw that they couldn't shake him, they stopped. He was drunk as I'd get out when he got off of that thing. <laughs> and, 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 and I rushed over to him and grabbed him, and he and I talked about that. And he said, Daddy, I figured that they wanted me to get off, but I wasn't going to get off because I was going to hold on. Even if I had to just die there, I was going to hold on. And I go, what the natural that is. And so we're supposed to do that, have that kind of faith in God, to hold on and to hold out no matter what comes our way. Now I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. And here we're going to look at verses 28 
to 36. So Romans chapter 8, 28 to 36. Romans 8, 28 to 36. Beginning with 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against us, those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is it that he condemns? Christ Jesus who died, and more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who, the love of Christ, trouble or hardship, or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. What, what a powerful word that Paul gave us. And then I like the rest of that chapter, but I, we can't get into it today. I'll probably bring it up next week. But I want you to go back to verse 28 where he says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Amen. And I guess the question is, do you love him? Uh, Psalm 30 is we can endure for a night, 
But the joy comes comes in the morning. And, you know, we see all kind of creepy things at night. And it's dark. And man wasn't, you know, the funny thing about it is that man wasn't designed to live in the dark. God created man to be a man of light and to live in the light. And when all of this dark stuff going on around us, we become fearful. You better believe me, we become fearful. But, and we're kind of anxious about the morning coming. But boy, when the sun breaks through or we see the light of the dawn, our hearts almost meet within us. We're kind of like the birds at that point. And I guess, you know, some of us have even choked because we saw the dawn coming up. But I know that this is a joy that we all have. And then Paul speaks in this way. He speaks in the present tense. Good works. He didn't say work or will work. He said good works. It is a continuing operation. Good works. And it's going on not only now, but it will go on tomorrow as it did yesterday. And so we want to hold on to that. God is working it out. He's working it through already for us. And that's, that ought to be joy to our hearts because God can see all of our lives from the beginning to the very end. And the thing about it is that he's right there to make sure that we get to the end of life the way that we came into this world so that we can trust him and be joyful in him. And then when we, when God orchestrates, he doesn't do some things, but he says in this text, all things for the good. I was thinking about that because I kept thinking, how could, how could George Floyd's death be for the good? And then I thought about it because it was trying for him. It was trying for his family when they found out about it. It's going to be a broader thing that happens to this world. Because when I see young people, old people, black people, white people, Asians, you name it, they're out of, they're, they're protesting not only in the streets of the United States, but they're protesting in London and in in Australia and all over this world. And people are beginning to recognize that something is not right in our world today. And you know what? The thing about it that got me was this. God chose the most powerful nation in the world to bring them to their knees with something that they should have dealt with 400 years ago. Uh-huh. And they didn't. And we didn't. And we still want to deny it. We want to put our heads in the sand. But it's out now. I received a, 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 a couple of videos from my granddaughter in New York last night. And I, and I challenged her. I said, have you been out in the street protesting? And she sent me back this text. And she said, Granddad, I've only been out once. <laughs> and so I, I text her back and I go, once? And she goes, yeah. And she said, and I was on my bike then. And I go, oh, really? Well, I, she showed me the video where she was going from, from uh, going across the Brooklyn Bridge and she was doing all of this stuff. And I text her back and I go, Zoe, what do you call yourself doing? She said, I call myself standing up. If I can stand up and fight this 
coronavirus, and I have, and I'm still doing it, you better believe that I can stand up and fight an unjust death. And those were words that, that had to resonate in my ears because I can think about in my day being out in the street, walking in the protest lines, and, and just disputing stuff that, was, that wasn't right. Here's, here's something that I, that I want you to go. I want you to, let, me, let me go to Psalm 145, and you can just write this on your paper. Psalm 145, and I think it's verse 17. Because in 145, verse 17, he says this, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. For God created us, and he never will leave us, nor will he forsake us. But he will be right there with us always to the very end of the age. And I got a picture of the end of the age. So put this down in your notes. In in Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. John wrote these words. He says, And then... First he said, who are these that have come out of the great tribulation? And then he went down through the 144,000. But then he said this, he said, and then I saw standing before the throne a great multitude of every nation, every tribe, every people. And I thought about that and I go, okay, so if you didn't get in with the 144,000, there's a great multitude that no man can count. But certainly by God's amazing grace, his enormous grace, we can stand there before the throne of the Lamb of God. So, so we ought to rejoice at that today. All things. All things. Here's, here, I'm going to close with this. You know, it, it, that, that word, all things, it says that there's a beautiful blend between struggles and trials and temptations, and joy, and sadness. There's a, there's a, there's a thing of between tears and smiles, but it's a beautiful blend of all of that that makes things come out balanced. So I want you to put your trust in God Almighty and know that I know we're antsy and we want to get back and, and do all of those things. But remember that it's God's call and not ours. It's God's call and not ours. And he will open it up. And I'm telling you, when he opens it up, I I heard that, that if we come back together, we can't sing. And I go, so what are we coming back together for? We can't sing. Because I want to be able to sing. I want to be able to sing hallelujah. I want to be able to shout Thank you, Jesus, and I want to give him all the glory and honor and praise that my little heart can give him. But then I also found out that you got to wear a mask. So we'll figure it out. I mean, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it and know that, you know, every time God gives me something, I kind of throw it in the mix. I want you to hear these words from John chapter 17. John chapter 7, verse 3. No, I'm sorry. John chapter 13, verse 7. Jesus replied, John chapter 13, verse 7. Okay. Jesus replied, 
replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. I plan on us getting through this virus to the other side. And my plan is, is that you will understand it because it's later and we'll know it by and by. So I want to, I want you just to let that resonate in your minds as we go forward. And let us go into our time of prayer. Father in heaven, you are a great and gracious God. You are God who is above all else. And we thank you, Father, for choosing us to be one who will stand at your throne and give you praise and honor and glory and sing hallelujah. Father, walk with us, not only at St. Philip, but throughout this world, as we just come through this time of balancing and restructuring with the thought in mind that you will never leave us, nor will you forsake us. And to have all of your grace shower down upon us as we struggle through this fog of night. Father, I pray that you will continue to be with those out on the front line. Those who are out there giving their lives for you and for your people. Father, I pray for this nation as we go through this time of turmoil. But when I think about it, Lord, in all of my years upon this earth, I can't think of a time where there hasn't been turmoil. But you've always been the constant peace that passes all human understanding. So, Father, help us to keep our eyes focused on you and to walk in you and to know that you are our God. Father, we want to faint. Your word says faint not. So help us to trust and be held up by your unchanging hand and your unchanging love. Father, I pray for those who are yet in hospitals and nursing homes, and even those, Lord, who are on their way, that you will keep them covered by the blood of Jesus. I pray for those who have had to gather, not because they wanted to, Lord, but because they were compelled to do so, that you will protect all of them from the coronavirus. And Lord, may they be strengthened in your great grace and your tender, loving kindness. Father, show us today that you are God Almighty all by yourself. And Lord, when we want to struggle and we want to throw up the, the, the run and hide sign, you remind us to stand firm right where we are. And when we've done all that we can to stand firm, to keep on standing, because we were standing in you. So help us to know that, Father, and to walk in that. And Father, I pray today that you will just continue to protect Cynthia's nephew, that you will strengthen him as, he's, as he, her mother Josephine is hospitalized. Let help them to, to just walk in your grace. And I pray for Valencia Daniel's cousin, Nathaniel, who is only 22, and was in a car accident yesterday, and he died. The strength of her, Lord, in this tremendous, tremendous shock and shock to their family. Lord, may you renew them 
in every way. Father, while we're looking out for our own selves, help us to also have mercy on those who are going through the bottom, who are going through the darkness, and help to cheer them on as they move toward the light. To that end, Lord, be with our church. And I thank you for Dr. Meyer and his words to the body today. That we're supposed to be strong, and we are supposed to be people who will live the way that you called us to live. Father, be with all who are on this phone call, that they're strengthened by your grace, and that they know your mercy. Father, I don't know what's on everybody's heart or everybody's mind, but you do, Father, and I'm going to ask you today that you will just answer them, that you will give them that peace that only you can give, and that they abide, as long as they abide in you, Lord, you said you will abide with them. So help us all to hang on, just like Martin did, and to abide, to abide right there with you, Father, until you deliver us. To that end, Lord, we praise you and we give you honor and glory. In the precious name of your Son, Jesus, our Lord, who has taught us to pray, our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Yeah. 